of Destiny Total Sports Ministry in conjunction with Deep Experience Revival Level introduce to you God's Word with simplicity and power, which is able to save and give you eternal inheritance through God's servant, Pastigo Okolo Prince. God bless you as you listen. Let's say, Father, we thank you. We have come to worship you again today. We have come to celebrate you. We have come to lay it to heart to say you are God forever. Lord, please instruct us again today. Cause our ears to open. Let our heart open also. Cause us to know you, Lord. Deeper and deeper, Lord. We cry, O Lord. This is our inner desire. Don't leave us in the shallow. We don't need shallow experience of you anymore. We want to come deeper, O Lord, with you. Where we can touch you. Where you can touch us. Where we can receive our inheritance and know the joy and the love of God that the world cannot know. Lord, please, we plead with you. Help us, O Lord, today that our eyes be open to these riches which we are seeing in Christ Jesus. We plead with you, cause our heart to open. Let your word be planted in our hearts. We plead with you again today. Let everyone and each of your children that are here let us walk into our inheritance in Christ. In the name of Jesus, let this inheritance not elude us. Let us not be denied of our own inheritance. Let us not just serve you, O Lord, and return back, O Lord, wailing and crying every day. You said you have not called the seed of Jacob to seek you in vain. Lord, you have not called us to seek you in vain. There is so much in Christ, O Lord. Open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see. That the world will not mock us. They will not pity us, O oh Lord. They will celebrate us. Thank you because you have decided to bring us to share in this your glory. Blessed be your name. For redeeming us, O oh Lord, to be your own. In Jesus' most precious name we have prayed. I welcome you again to this week, uh, deep experience with Jesus. And we are trusting the Lord that God will speak to our hearts again as we open that heart for him. Look at that scripture again as we started studying on our inheritance in Christ last week. And I said it's very important so that we'll not be robbed of the devil. We can't just be going to church without enjoying this inheritance that Jesus Christ paid for. He paid for it. I said he paid for it. What is paid for, the next thing is for you to carry if we are paid for this, you have to take it. If you pay for this and leave it back there, even if you get back home and remember you left what you paid for, what do you do? You go back to collect it. You go back to claim it. So what we are studying this time is very important that we almost get back what God has paid for through his son Jesus Christ. Christ paid the price. I say Christ paid the price. He paid the price indeed. Are we saying amen? Now, look at that efficiency again. I must still call that efficiency so that we will understand what God is saying. Our brother Paul speaking to all from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1. And he began to speak. He said, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard, of the dispensation of the grace of God, 
which is given me to you world. Verses 3. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Go back again to 3. Please mark it. He said by revelation. What we are discussing now can only come to you by revelation. It can only come to you by revelation. It doesn't come by you staying in the church every day or serving in one unit or the other. It must be revealed to us. For we to begin to enjoy the inheritance that is in Christ, it can only come through the revelation. And that is why God has called us to show us and remove the veils as blocking our eyes to see that we have an inheritance in Christ. Are we saying amen? Please, are we saying amen? So he did not call us to just seek him in vain. There is a huge inheritance that your father has for you and you must see it and as you see it and reach out for it, it becomes yours. Are we saying amen? Now look at verses 4, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. When you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verses 5, which in other age was not made known unto the songs of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit of God. Like we said, every minister of the gospel, God must reveal this truth to him or to her. If that minister, this truth has not been revealed, he is not a minister. He will be misleading the people because the people will struggle too much. They will suffer more than they ought to suffer. They will live in fears. They will think that serving the Lord is a burden. They will think that serving the Lord is trouble. They will serve the Lord with pains. They will serve the Lord with tears. And you see such people can never be firmly established in Christ. They are half here, half in the world. Because they feel that they have some things to collect from the world. They will never be satisfied with Jesus alone. They will never be satisfied with Christ alone. Are we saying amen? Go back to five. So it comes by revelation. He said these things were revealed to us. In age, he said this revelation wasn't there. But now God by mercy has revealed it to us and we can see it and understand it. And that is our work as ministers of the gospel so that the people of God can understand this is our inheritance in Christ. So my life ought not to be like this. It must be the way God designed it to be. Are we saying amen? And that revelation can only come by the Holy Ghost. It can only come by the Holy Ghost. Verse 6. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Please give me verses, another translation. Please listen very attentively. We are studying now. We are studying so that we can get these things right. I know we have stayed in church many, many years, but it is not what God is saying. God wants every one of us, whenever we gather, we get into our own inheritance. He shows us our inheritance. We get into our inheritance and begin to enjoy serving the Lord. Are we saying amen? Please, are we saying amen? He said, it is this, that the Gentiles are now to be fellow heads with the Jews, members of the same body and joint partakers, sharing in the same divine promise in Christ 
through their acceptance of the glad tidings, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So our accepting the gospel of Jesus is not for we to keep suffering and struggling in life. Our accepting the gospel of Jesus actually brought us into an inheritance that is in Christ Jesus. When we give our life to Christ, automatically you become a co-heir. A co-heir. You are a co-heir. So being a co-heir, you are also a partaker of every inheritance that is in that family. You share in the family of God whatever they want to share. They will put your name there. They must put your name there. Your name cannot be omitted. Your name cannot be deleted. They must share and keep your own for you. But until you know it and walk into it and collect your own and demand for your own, you will not get it. If you keep playing religion and clean everywhere, giving tithe and offering does not give it to you. What gives it to you is the knowledge. You must first know, I am a co-heir. I'm a co-partaker of this inheritance that is in Christ Jesus. I have a share in him. And when you know it and reach out for it, refusing to give up, even the devil knows that you know it. Heaven knows that you know it. God gives you a portion. Are we saying amen? Now, that is what our brother Paul wants us to see. Look at message. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, what I have been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, same help, same promises in Christ Jesus the message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. So the message of Christ that we take to everyone is actually to enlist them as members of the family of God, just like you're a member of the family of Mr. Okafor, Mr. Okeke, whenever they want to share something, they cannot omit your name. If anybody omit your name, if you come there and say, where is my own? Where is my own? They tell you your own is not there. They omitted your name when they were sharing the thing. Please, what would they do? They will share it. They will tell everybody, please bring your own back. Oh. Bring your own back. Oh. We omitted somebody's name. Who is a member of this family? But in God's program, they can never omit your name. This one is not the one you say amen. Uh -uh. Whether you say amen or not, they cannot omit your name. Your name is there. Is there. Because once you give your life to Christ, Heaven does not behave like the world. Even if U.S. miss the people they give birth to in U.S., heaven doesn't miss. Once somebody become born again today, there's a record that includes your name there. A record that includes your name there. Immediately, your name is included. Your own inheritance is also well packaged and kept for you. So it's left for you. But without you knowing it, without you reaching out for it, with everything in you by faith, you cannot receive it. It will be there, but you won't get it. Let's read seven. Other translations, you give me seven. Now, Apostle Paul said, this is my life work. What did you understand? All my life, this is what I do. I want the people of God to see. My life work is for them to enter into their inheritance in Christ. My life work is to labor. 
to see that all of them can see it. All of them can understand it. All of them will walk into their own inheritance in Christ just as I myself, I could see it and I've walked into my own inheritance in Christ. I have become a blessing to my world. Wherever I come to, I am blessing the people. Wherever I turn, I am a blessing to them. I have become a light to those who are in darkness. I have become a feet to those who are lame. I have become help to those who are helpless. I am no more the one who is pursuing the people and say, help me, help me. That would be embarrassing my father. It's an embarrassment to my father. If God is my father indeed, if I've received the gospel of Christ, if I belong to this family, if I belong to this family, there is an inheritance that my father has for me. I tell you, it is true. Touch your neighbor, say it's true. Tell your neighbor, say it's true. You can't see it with your eyes. But it's true, it's there. Can somebody understand that now? And look at this. He said, this is my life work. Helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me. A real surprise. God handling all the details. And that translation. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. Giving me through the working of his power. Go to another translation. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's free gift. Go to seven in King James. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working. Now, why was he made a minister? Why was he made a minister? Verse 6 tell you why he was made a minister. Instead talking about it from one. Look at six. Can we resist? Everybody want to go. That the Gentiles should be fellow heads and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ Jesus by the gospel. Verse 7. Can we read? Wherefore, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual workings. So you can see, why was he made a minister? He was made a minister so that the Gentiles who were in the people of God, the Gentiles are me. And you, are you understanding? Who were in the people of God before? The people of God were the Israelites, the Jews. But now, this gospel has enlisted us because we have the gospel and we accepted the gospel that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Did you see Jesus? No. Were you there when they crucified him? No. Were you there when they gave birth to him? No. But you had that gospel. You simply do what? Believe in the gospel. That enlisted you to be among the children of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's co-heirs with those people who were originally the people of God. And Apostle Paul said now, this is my labor. My labor is to make them see it. That if they don't see it, they'll be wallowing in darkness and die without them knowing there is an inheritance which they have right to. Don't know whether somebody understands what I'm saying here. So Apostle Paul said, this is my duty. Because I was sent to them, the Gentiles. The Gentiles' eyes need to see. This is a mystery. That if they can see it and walk into it, oh my God. It's a glorious one. I will say in amen. Last time, we began to talk about what are these inheritance. And we say, number one inheritance is fellowship. 
We say number one inheritance is what? Fellowship. Devotion. Devotion. Fellowship. And that is where we started missing it. Both in the church and everywhere. Nobody presents this to us originally. I didn't see it because actually it was a mystery. And that's why our brother Paul said, it can only come to us through revelation. It can only come to us through revelation. It can't just come. It's only through revelation it can come. Now he said, what we lost first that God had to restore back, are you understanding, is devotion. It is fellowship. It is fellowship. But when we don't understand that it's fellowship, we'll start pursuing useless things. Look at it first of all. Go to Genesis. If you look at Genesis, before the fall of man, what did the Bible say? God created a place that is called Eden. Before he made man, he created Eden. Before he made man, he made Eden wonderful. He created animal, all manner of beasts and rest of them. He created gardens. He decorated Eden and made it a wonderful place. And now God made man. He said, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. When he made man, he carried man and put in Eden. That means Eden was an estate that God put in place. There was nothing that man needed that was not in Eden for man. So God put man there and said, man, you are in charge. Everything I've created, I made them for your food. Both the animals, none of them can hurt you. None of them can do you anything. You are in charge. You are in charge. Just be here. Man was not created to struggle to provide food for himself. Man was not created to struggle to provide clothes for himself. Man was not created to do anything only to take care. Actually, man was created as a manager. Man was created originally to manage what was created for him. He wasn't created to start creating anything. He was only created to manage what God had already created. And God said, you are in charge. Manage all these things. Now, look at what happened to man. Only what God said to man, the desire of God for making man in the first place is let me have somebody I can have fellowship with. God desired, I need somebody I can have fellowship with. I need somebody I can have communion with. I need somebody that whenever I come down, that's why the Bible said God comes down in the cool of the day. And when he comes down in the cool of the day, he will only see his man, Adam, and say, Adam, how are you? Adam will say, Almighty God, I am fine. He say, how do you see this place? He say, everything is perfect. Because the Bible said, when God created everything, he looked at all the things he created. They were what? Very good. And God said, okay, I can rest now. So Adam will say, Lord, everything is here excellent. Everything excellent. Wonderful. And they had fellowship. They will ask man, how do you see the place? How do you see the works of my hand? Oh, mighty God. They will bow down. They will be talking. They will be talking. Man was not afraid. He was not ashamed. There were everything around for him. Both the animal they say he can kill and rest of them, they were there. He was playing with all of them. 
Because the glory of God was everywhere. God's presence everywhere. When man moved away from fellowship and started having fellowship with the devil. Hey, remember, the Bible said the serpent came. In Genesis chapter 3, the serpent came and said to the woman, are you understanding? Did God say? And she started having fellowship. As she was having the fellowship, she was deceived. And ask me, why did the devil get attracted in the first place to go to man? He was so envious of the estate that God made for man. So envious of the estate. He looked at the estate and said, Kai. He looked at God coming to have fellowship with man. He hated it so much. Now look at it. These are the inheritance that God reserved for me and you that we lost in the garden of Eden. The estate was there. The fellowship, which is a strong inheritance. You know what it means for the almighty God to come down from heaven. God will come down in his majesty, in his glory. He will just come down like this and look at them and say, how are you today? God almighty from heaven, land down. <laughs> so it wasn't a little matter at all a little matter for God to come down for man it is an inheritance a great inheritance for God to commune with you you can hear him audibly he can speak to you you can speak to him talking to him is talking to you you are talking to him he's talking to you you can ask him questions he can answer Immediately, what an inheritance. And the devil look at it and say, no, I hate this. I hate this. I don't want to see this. And he came. That was how he separated man. From number one, the communion. Number two, the fellowship. The next thing he did, he made God to push them out of the estate. Now, they lost the estate, they lost communion, they lost fellowship. They started struggling. They can't hear God again. They don't know their direction anymore. They don't know the path to take. They were banished out of the garden. The next one again, God also gave man himself as an inheritance. The inheritance we are looking at, first of all, it's not the inheritance that your physical eyes can see. It's not the inheritance. And that is the destruction of man up to today. If you go to church, you see where they have not understood what actually they lost. So the promises they give to people in the church, car, house, all of these things. Forgotten that there is something that is deeper that man lost. There is something that is deeper that man lost that they needed to open our eyes to see again. And that is why seed prophets are thriving. Why are they thriving? It is because man is still in search of the real thing he lost. The man that has all the car and the houses he still go to patronize prophet so that he can see for him or speak to him what is God saying? Who is planning against me? There's one enemy somewhere. Tell me, prophet. Tell me. <laughs> but this was what you lost. 
Because God used to come to you every day. If there is any enemy, God would have told you. There is enemy there. That's ordinary what we lost. And that's what Christ came to restore. Christ came to restore back that which we lost. God knew that what we lost is one. The estate, Christ restored it. Let me read it the way I put it. And we're saying amen. God's desire is for all his children to enter back into that estate. Glorious inheritance lost by the first man, Adam. As much, this is the duty of every minister in the body of Christ to labor in the gospel of Christ, revealing this ageless truth in order that every child of God will enter into his or her inheritance in Christ. In Psalm 115 verse 16, you see, God gave man the power and authority over all his creation, but he was not to rule independently. There was a fellowship, a communion between God and man daily. In Genesis 3 verse 8, that's a privilege and an inheritance that cannot be bought with money. So glorious an inheritance that God Almighty called us into fellowship with himself and to be speaking with us on daily basis, revealing to us his mind, his intentions, concerning everything we ask him of. That is a huge inheritance indeed. It's a huge inheritance that the world can never have. Today, we still see the children of God are confused. The people of the world are confused. Children of God cannot tell what becomes of us in the next 10 years, in the next 15 years. They are confused, just like the people of the world. But that is not God's intention. It is an inheritance that your father has given to you that you should know. You should know. He said, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. What God has prepared to those that love him. But God has revealed it to them by his spirit. But God has revealed it to them by his spirit. God comes to reveal it to us. Why did he give us his spirit? He gave us his spirit in order to reaffirm that actually we have been restored back again to that estate. We have been restored back again to the fellowship. We have been restored back again to the communion. But the problem is that many of us have not seen this inheritance and pursue it and stay with it and know that's enough for me to get when I go back to devotion with God again, I mean devotion that is deep. Devotion that is deep. A personal fellowship and stop running up and down as if the estate is about being built. The reason why we run up and down is that we want to make ends meet. We want to build another estate as if the first estate that God built is no more there again. No, it's still there. The Bible stated very clear, when God chased man out of the place, did he give it to the devil? I ask you a question. Did he give it to the devil? What did the Bible say? God brought an angel. Are you understanding? And positioned the angel there. And said, keep this estate. Keep the place. Are you not reading your Bible? <laughs> Why did God position an angel there? So, God's desire is that, hey, this thing that happened didn't take me by surprise. 
I will still restore my man back again. When I restore them back again, <laughs> somebody is asking, but where is Eden now? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Show Eden so that we walk into it. <laughs> you can walk into Eden by faith. <laughs> you can walk into it by faith. You can walk into it by faith. You can walk into your own portion by faith. You can get your own when you take your devotion serious. Because that is where we are making a terrible mistake. We are asking, where is the Eden? And God is asking, come to devotion and fellowship. That is my desire. When we ask, where is the Eden, Lord? God will say, come to fellowship, come to devotion. When you come to your fellowship, your personal fellowship, I'm talking about first your personal fellowship with God. Your personal devotion with God. Which was God's original intention for making man until God can restore us back again to that first desire of his. You cannot get your own Eden. That is where the problem begins. We like service of Two hours we dismiss and go and get ourselves engaged in what we used to do. We just want to branch and if they are preaching, you're looking at your watch. God will say, this one is not yet ready. If they preach, you look at your watch. When will they finish this fellowship so that I'll go and do what I normally do? And God will be laughing and say, this one is not yet ready. This one don't even know what he lost. This one doesn't even know what I restored back. In his life. Go and check in this kingdom. Go and check. I give you that as an assignment. If there's any man of God who is truly a man of God. Whose head has been lifted. Or a child of God who is truly a child of God. So sitting deep. Go and check that person's devotion. And his personal fellowship with God. Go and check it. If it's not deep. Know that that person is doing some other thing. And it won't last. He will collapse. Go and check these people. Check them. I give you that as assignment. Go and check. You will discover that these are men that never played. They discover this truth. They discover that, ah, this is what we lost. This is what God is looking for. There's no two things he's looking for. What he's looking for is men that will return back again to fellowship. Men that will return back again to devotion. Because that was what Jesus restored back. As an inheritance. It's an inheritance. Stop playing with devotion and fellowship. It's not a burden. It's an inheritance. It's an inheritance. Because in there is everything you're looking for. Everything you're looking for. That is where God will reveal the great tomorrow for you. In that place, God will come out and show you himself. If you want to see God, it's that place. Is someone understanding what I'm saying? I listened to Kenneth Hagin of Blessed Memory. And Kenneth Hagin said, in his devotion, as he's staying with the Lord, one day, two days, three days, Jesus will walk in. He said, Jesus will walk in there. And Jesus walk in there, he said, him and Jesus will be talking. Will be talking like this. He'll be talking to Jesus. Jesus will be talking to him. I now ask, is that not the same thing that was happening in Eden? Please, I'm asking a question. Wasn't it the same thing that was happening in Eden? Now, when he finished talking to him, what kind of man do you think that man will be? 
So do you see that we being ordinary is our choice? <laughs> Somebody's not understanding what I'm saying. Listen, we being ordinary is our choice. It's our choice in this kingdom. Our brother Paul said, my job is to show you your inheritance in Christ. Your own duty is to walk into it. But there is a price to pay. You need to see, first of all, what did he in the first place restore back? What was that we lost? It's not car. It's not house. It's not all of these things. It's not all of these things. When you stay with him, you will see that estate is there. He'll say, look at your estate, walk into it and have your own rest. Can somebody say amen? Listen, this is a matter. What we're discussing now is a matter. If you don't understand it, you might still see yourself struggling. Now, I give you small testimony. Because when you share some things, you don't back it up with your own personal experience. I discover in this kingdom, what I'm telling you now, is just the way it is. If you see a Christian who is not getting it, know what the problem is, even if he's not committing sin. It's not only sin that can make somebody not to get it. He might not be committing sin, doing everything right. But when you don't understand what we're talking about, this matter of your inheritance in Christ, if you don't understand it, you will still lose it. You'll be suffering and be struggling as a child of God. Now, as I was growing, I read one book by that. After reading that book, that book made me to separate myself and be with the Lord. When I separated myself and be with the Lord, I discovered that God started coming closer to me. Immediately, I started separating myself. I wait on the Lord. Some days, you can testify also. Anybody who starts fasting, maybe two days, three days, four days, you see, you begin to feel the glory of God around you. You see, God starts coming closer to you. He starts coming closer to you. When you disassociate yourself from so many activities, you see God start drawing closer. But because we don't know what we are doing, we just go to fast to meet one need or the other. We couldn't be sensitive enough to know that actually, what of if this now become my way of living? Since that if I separate myself, I understand it, for two days, God comes closer to me. You understand? Now, if I begin to stay closer, closer to him, what happens? He comes more closer. He comes more closer. Now, if I begin to make that my lifestyle, it means that God will always be with me. And what do you gain when that happens? I discover that anytime I separate myself, eight days before I leave that place, God says some things that, ah, I say, hey, does this one exist? He said, yes, he exists because you decided to come closer. That's why I'm speaking to you now. When you start running again, he will leave you. <laughs> if you run, 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 he will just leave you. When confusion hits you again, if you remember to come back, <laughs> he said, hey, are you back? Okay, because confusion hit you. You have not still understood that that should be a life for you. I started walking with the Lord. I started walking with the Lord. 
And I said, no, I have to separate myself. I separated myself, the first one. I stayed many weeks and God started revealing some things. That was when I knew that whenever a man understands that, hey, there is something I lost and you regain that back, God begin to give you your own estate. You begin to return you back to your own estate. That's how you can return back to your own Eden. That's how you can start returning back to your own Eden. You can't return to your own Eden. It is true. It has been restored. But there is a desire in the heart of God. And what is the desire? That fellowship, it does not joke with it. God does not joke with communion with his people. Not collectively. Individually. Individually. We are not talking about this one now. What we are talking about is your personal altar. Your own personal altar with God. Your personal altar with God. That's where God reveals everything that has to do with your life and destiny. That is where God returns you back to that estate you lost. And until we catch this truth, until we catch this truth, we'll be praying useless, useless prayers. You go to church, they will shout, ah yes, two hours prayer. Three hours prayer. Everybody will say it's over. It's not over. It's not over. God will say, they have not shown them what will make it work permanently. Do you know why devil struggles? Now, I give you this as assignment. Just go back from today. Choose one corner in your house. Say, this place, I will start having my personal devotion and my personal work with God. My personal fellowship and personal devotion. This is where I will study. This is where I will pray. I will take a long time to pray. At times, I will even call up job. My work and whatever, and stay there with God for two days, three days. I tell you the truth. If God won't encounter you there, just carry your pick and your paper. If you come back the next three months, if you don't tell me that God has spoken to you, this is what you do. This is what you do about your life. You're no more confused. Know what I'm telling you is not true. Only three months. Only three. Now, when you start it, get ready. Because that place, the devil will come there. He must come that place. He must visit you there. He must make hunger. He must make sleep. He must make tiredness and weakness. And get out of this place. What are you doing here? <laughs> what do you want to do? You mean you want to return back here again? No, you can't be here. Get out. Come on, get out. He will come with so many distractions. He will tell you, all your business partners, people that are patronizing you, by the time you come out, the business will fall completely. It's a lie. Nothing will fall. Nothing will fall. Nothing will fall. He's envious of you. He knows that man have decided not to understand what God is saying. Until it comes by revelation again. That they will stop all these struggles. Have you seen doctors? Have you seen lawyers that shut down their hospital when this revelation came to them? I have seen doctors that shut down their hospital. When this revelation came, they shut it down completely. They're no more thinking about food. They're no more thinking about the clothes they wear. They discover there is an estate. There is an estate. If we get this estate, oh, and they know there is no other way to get to that estate 
except to build a personal relationship, a personal altar for devotion and fellowship, which was what man lost. And the enemy don't want us to return back there again. What was the work of Adam before? His work was to keep the things that God had already created. Did you understand what we're discussing now? Can somebody understand what we're saying? So this, in, I want to take my time to explain these things the way you can understand it. If you don't understand it, if you don't understand it, uh, one of the greatest challenges the devil will give to you is to have a deep devotion. It's one of the greatest challenges. He will give you that challenge here. Any day you start withdrawing yourself to be with the Lord, he will remind you, Delemondo. Delemondo. <laughs> he start reminding you. So you stay where you are doing devotion. Your phone will be ringing. Everything will be distracting you. Your phone will ring. That is when all the people that you are doing business with will be calling you. That time is when they will start calling you. These are people that don't call you before. Is the devil. He knows. This thing this person is about returning to is dangerous. He will deal with me if he return here. He will kick the man. Go out. Go out to business. The devil knew that if you stay there enough, by the time God will release you, if you get up, you won't be that same person again. You will only be smiling. They will ask me, what are you smiling for? You have not been coming to business. He said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I'm happy. I am just happy. I'm happy. <laughs> By the time they realize it, they will see you another direction. If you check today, how many children of God have personal devotion that is deep with God? Go and check. How many of them? That's why if you go to many churches now, they have brought the Western world pattern. <laughs> you know the Western world. If you ask them to come to church, they ask you how many hours will they stay there before they will come. So you have to tell them how many hours the church will last before they will come to your church. <laughs> if the church is going to last one hour, if they come, they will first of all look at their watch. They are watching you. Once it's one hour, you didn't want to dismiss, they will start going. You know what they call it? He said, this person is false. He said, the church starts 8 and end 9. And he has encroached into their time. No, they are leaving you. Only you will stay in the church. <laughs> that generation has missed it completely. God will never show himself to them. They will never return back to that Eden. They are the ones that will keep serving others. They will keep serving others. Are we saying amen? We must understand that and understand it well. So the first one, Christ restored back, we lost an estate by the first Adam. It was restored by the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Number two, we lost fellowship, communion with God. By the first Adam, it was restored by the second Adam. That we can still go back again to fellowship. You remember the Bible said, at the death of Christ, the curtain was what? Torn. That we can go back again. Because that was what the devil hated. He hated we having fellowship with God. So he banished us out of that place. We lost the estate. We lost communion. We lost devotion. So you as a child of God looking for some other thing. 
that is not what you lost. I wonder. Don't you know if you succeed in getting the house and getting the car, you don't know what you lost. You can't even sustain your life. He can still come and steal the life. Because in his presence, your life is preserved. The devil will occupy us with useless, useless things. Then he's looking for that which is more important. And God knows that at the place of devotion, the place of fellowship, that is where he can hold the man well. That the devil cannot catch the man. That is where he can preserve the man's life. That the wicked cannot come and sow ties. Are you not seeing it? Some wealthy people today. You've not seen people that are rich. Go closer and see people who don't know God. Who are rich. You will hate riches. Some of their wives are crying. And say, God, take the money. Take the money. Just take the money. I don't need the money again. You've not seen people that money is tormenting. Torment, that's torment. What is causing all those things is that there's something man lost. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That makes that man, man. So when God made man, he said, you will remain in devotion with me and communion and fellowship forever and ever. You must stay with God steady. That is where we miss it. So we think we can tell God. That's what Eve tried to do. Say, God, I have been talking with you every day. And they went to talk to the devil. And this happened now. Deal with the person. But if you're staying with the Lord. Day at night. He said, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Somebody is asking. How possible is it? Our guy is possible. Very, very possible. When you start like that, you discover that even when you're walking on the road, God will be following you, talking to you. I'm telling you the truth. That's how possible it is. If you're driving, you see God speaking to you. Our brother told us what happened. For you to understand what we're talking about, devotion, he said they were traveling. And as they were traveling, God was in the vehicle. God was here with them. Because he had been in fellowship. He said when he saw this truth. He started living that way. And as they were driving. Their car wanted to overtake. One lorry like that. And God spoke very clear. Don't overtake. Be following them. He said he called the driver and said be following that vehicle. Don't overtake. He said don't overtake them. Be following. So as they were following the truck. There were seven Seven of them in their own vehicle. So as they were following, following, before you know, he said another car came, overtook them. Immediately he wanted to overtake the truck. He said he didn't understand what happened. Come and see accident. He said it was so bad. Seven of the people inside that truck died instantly. He said he had God against him. I said in my word, I give men as an exchange for you. He said it would have been you people. If you have tried, you would have died, all of you. No, we are talking about devotion. We are talking about fellowship. So, even when you walk on the street, you hear God speaking to you. It's an inheritance in Christ. It's an inheritance. 
You see all this thing that they, anybody that wants to kill you will throw dagger. It's because they have lost fellowship. So they are only throwing dagger where they don't know. They just, just throw it here. Whether it's coming from here. If it's in your village, no matter where it's coming from. No, 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 no. God doesn't behave like that. God is very accurate. Are you understanding what he's doing? God is accurate. If it's coming from London, he'll tell you it's from London. If it's coming from the village, he'll tell you it's from the village. I don't know whether somebody's understanding what I'm saying here. So, because of that, you can imagine the torment that many children of God are passing through. Now, what is the Lord saying to us that we must catch? We also lost the greatest of all the inheritance, which is God himself. But Jesus Christ restored this unsearchable riches that money, gold, or silver cannot buy. So, we lost God also. Now, our estate was restored. Number two, our fellowship, our communion. Number three, God himself is our inheritance. God himself is our inheritance. Not good, not silver. God himself is our inheritance. So God himself will say, is our what? Inheritance in Christ. What are you going to go back now to start pursuing? Leave the estate. The estate is there. Your father kept it for you. He kept it for you. What is causing the problem is that you refuse to go back to devotion and fellowship. That is deep. Go and build a personal altar. Build a personal altar. Go there every day. Let God visit you. Go there every day. When others are sleeping, go there and lie down with him. Wake up early and stay with God. Take out time in a month and stay with God there. Watch when you continue doing that. I tell you, your life will start changing. You see you being transformed every day. You will see God returning you back to that estate which you lost. There he will reveal to you. This is what you ought to be doing. There he will tell you. This is what you ought to study in school. You know many of us choose for our children what they are studying. I know it's wrong. Because we have studied what is happening in Nigeria. But if we have taught them devotion and they are there. Oh, my son was telling me a young man. Because in their school, what they teach them, you must learn personal devotion. You wake up as early as 3 7, 4 o'clock, you have to stay with God. Each student have a disciple. They have to teach you about personal devotion. So this boy, they said, very intelligent. They said, very intelligent. Everybody was expecting him to go for science, you know, uh, you know, doctor. And the boy wake up and do you know what he told him? He want to study French. Ah, they say French what? But that was what he had at devotion. At his own personal devotion, he had that what he should go and study is French. That is how he can get his own estate. He finished studying French. The boy is in France now. Enjoying his life. They said he came back last time. Very sweet. Everybody was... The people that were telling him, go and study doctor, everybody was celebrating him. Like, hey, hey, hey. You know, at times, even teacher can be confused too. These are teachers. But they are confused. But the boy wasn't confused. He told them, no. I know the way to my own estate. At devotion, he taught me what to study. 
So I am going to study that. French. He finished studying French. It's in France today. Doing exploit. He came back to Nigeria, came to their school. They saw him. They were all dancing. Some of you have studied what you want to study. And jump out of university. Go back again to your devotion. There is something God will tell you there. There's something he will tell you there. And that he tells you there is what takes you to your estate. Your own estate is there. But there is a way apart to it. But the only way, go back to devotion. Go back to communion with God. Go back to personal fellowship with God. Go back to personal fellowship. Make it deep one. So that you will not end up here on earth saying you are following Christ as a non-entity. There is an estate you will not miss your own. I say you will not miss your own. Every child of God is born to be great. But the only problem is we don't know how. And many of us that even know we are lazy. Very lazy. It does not work like that. It doesn't work like that. Many of us will not fast. January to December. Not one day fasting. You are eating your destiny now. Some of us cannot pray for 15 minutes. 15 minutes prayer. You cannot get the estate like that. And God is saying, I am waiting for you. Come, let's have communion. Come, let's have fellowship. In that place, I will reveal. Then, he said, I have offered myself to you. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. What are you looking for again? Stop looking for another reward. I am enough. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. There's no house that is bigger than me. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great. There is no gold or silver that is bigger than me. Don't lose me for anything. If you get me, you have got everything you need. I am thy shield. And I see. So God offered Himself. That Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. God speaking to Abraham, He said, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. You remember I told you that story? And Abraham did not catch what God was saying. And Abraham went ahead and said, Lord, you see, I am getting old. I am getting old. It's only that Eliezer. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy sitting great. Remember when he was saying this, no child. Do you remember? And God said to him, Don't fear. Fear not, I am thy shield and thy sitting great. Do you know why God was telling him that? Lo, children, they are the heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is only what? I will make your children to be like the sand of the seashore. <laughs> But Abraham could not see what God was saying. He didn't see that God is enough for me. That was why he stumbled into that rubbish that he stumbled into. Are you understanding? That's the case of uh, Hagar. That's how he stumbled to that. Look at in 15, God was speaking to him. And said, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. That means in me, everything you need is there. 
I have offered myself to you. Take me. I'm not giving you one child. I'm not giving you one house. I'm not giving you one car. I give you myself. Do you know the implication? He said, the art is the loss and the fullness thereof. <laughs> God giving you himself. You have everything now. And because we children of God don't understand it, we don't appreciate that God has offered himself to us. So if God offered himself to us, we say, what of car? What of house? <laughs> God said, ah, these people, what will I do to you? <laughs> I mean I've offered myself to you. What are you looking for again? You have everything. Abraham said to him, look at verse 2. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me? Has God not given him something? I'm asking you a question. Has God not given Abraham something? When God said, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God said, I have given you myself as your reward for serving me. And Abraham said to him, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is this Eliezer at Damascus. Verses 3. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in the house is my heir. Is it true? God has given him everything. For giving him himself, he has given him everything. But his eyes were still holding. He couldn't see. For God to give you himself, my friend, he has given you everything. There's nothing you are looking for again. Be at rest. Be at peace. Serve him well. Rejoice every day. See what he has given to you. Is himself he has given. You know the confusion we have in the church. They have not seen what we are saying. That's why they confuse us more and more. You are carrying the best car. You are carrying the next jeep. It looks as if there is something they are saying reasonable. And they get us so confused that we will not be focused on God alone. They get us so confused. You start feeling bad. You see, people that are, they have small, small money. And you that have been keeping God as your own possession, you start feeling bad. You start feeling, nah, these people, they are better than me. Oh. Ah, how are they better? And if you are not careful, you will lose God. If you are not careful, you will lose God. Because they can offer you one small thing like that until you leave this your God and you follow them. Because you don't even understand what they are saying in the first place. You don't understand what your inheritance is. You can't compare God with anything. <gasps> Every child of God, God offered you himself. So why are you struggling with people? Why are you struggling with people? They say you are poor and you start feeling like that. And he's calling us poor because we don't have anything. We don't have an easy lie. <laughs> you are being foolish. You don't know anything. You don't see well. You need to see. God has offered me himself. And what is the implication? The art is the loss and the fullness thereof. So what does that mean? It means you have everything. Please, is it not the meaning? You are not understanding what I'm saying. I say, I offer myself to you. Take me. The implication is that everything that I have is your own. Did you understand what I'm saying? Now we are talking about God. 
any day you understand this thing, that is not just to cajole you, it's a reality. I began to live in the consciousness of the angels of God as a bodyguard. Look at the man they call Elisha. They came to arrest him. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And the men came with horses and all these things to fight. And they saw that the angels are everywhere. He was just laughing. He put his hand in his pocket. And the servants came and said, Alas, master, these people are here. They have already surrounded us. He said, These children said, He said, Lord, open their eyes to see that they that are with us are greater than they that are with us. And God opened the eyes of the people for the first time. And they saw angels everywhere. They said, Man of God, is it what we enjoy it? He said, You people are children. Don't mind. I'll just tell the angels, disarm all of them. Do you know what we are discussing? Many of us think it's just Nollywood. We are thinking it's Nollywood. We don't want to believe that it's true. When you read scriptures like the angels of the Lord encountered round about them that fear the Lord and they delivered them. Many of us don't believe. We say angel of God. The Bible says, are they not ministering angels sent forth to minister to those who are the heirs of the kingdom? Apostle Paul said, we are heirs. The Gentiles has become heirs. Do you know, any day you start living in the consciousness of that, you see it happening. The inheritance will be there, but it's you that will make it a reality. It is you that will make it a reality. It is you that will make it a reality. It's here for you. It's here for you. A minister said, he went to minister. Where he was ministering, that early morning, he had this strong urge to pray. And he started praying. He wasn't praying in another way. He was praying in the spirit. He prayed for almost three hours. When he finished the prayer. Very early in the morning, the family called him. And said they woke up in the morning and saw in their compound a false that's a wild animal. Where did force came from? That's from a very thick forest. That's a wild animal. They saw it, they are dead. Dead on the ground there. So who killed the force? Who killed the force? The angels of the Lord. They were there looking at the force. They said, where are you going to? You are stupid. To slay you. So you read the Bible, you don't know that all of these things are inheritance that God made available for us. But we are not enjoying it. Have you not read the Bible where the angels appeared? Are you understanding? Peter in the prison. So how did they come out? The Bible said the angels will appear and lose the whole thing, the whole chain, open the gates and saw your move. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We must understand this. And understand it well. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Abraham said, yeah. and like many of us ask also, Lord, where is money? Some of us say, Lord, where is job? And whenever you start asking such a thing, you make the same mistake that Abraham made. Once you start asking that thing, and desperation of that gets into your heart, get ready, you make the same mistake. That was how Abraham made the mistake and went into Hagar. And went into Hagar. If 
if he had understood what God was saying to him, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And you know today, many of us are making the same mistakes. Because we didn't understand what God is saying to us. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Instead of you to stay with God and be satisfied, you go and pick the job that destroyed your destiny. Some of us take job through bribery. You never knew you have lost God. You lose God immediately. You take a job through bribery. Some take job through sleeping with men. He offers her one night, I'll give you the job. Just one night, you take the job. Take the job. And that person will lose God immediately. That was the case of Joseph. The woman said, the estate is your own. Joseph said, already the estate has been given to me by your Ghana. I'm not trying to sleep with you to get the estate. The estate has been given even if I didn't sleep with you. I know what you're looking for. It's more than that. I know it's my God you're looking for. It's my God. It's my God you're looking for. But I will not sleep with you. Go and do whatever you want to do. This is my inheritance. And he held on that inheritance. They threw him inside the prison. You know what gives me joy that even if they threw you in the dungeon, God will be there. <laughs> I say, you can imagine God in the prison. That prison will be a wonderful prison. <laughs> God followed him inside the prison. The Bible says God was with Joseph in the prison. This inheritance is the best. If you have man as inheritance, they will lose you. But God, ha, he follow. He said to Joseph, they throw you inside the prison. No problem. They have thrown me inside the prison because I am your shield. And you see the, he followed him inside the prison. And said, let's be here and see what will happen. We will rule over them. He was touching Joseph's head. He said, we will rule over them. At the end of the day, what happened? Bim! <laughs> From prison to palace. God cannot take the lower place. He's always on top. <laughs> he can never take the lower place. That is why the devil is angry with us. He wants us to leave God and start pursuing nonsense. You see, you'll be fighting for useless things. Useless things. And when he starts fighting, he says, let them fight more. How can he collect your land? How can he collect your car? Fight, fight, fight. You know, when you start that fight, God will do what? He quietly say, I can't stay with them. Can somebody understand what I'm saying? Now, let's progress. Just one step forward. Then we'll finish today. Discover from the following scriptures what we have as an inheritance with God. We'll discuss some of them now. Now, look at that again. That we have inheritance with God. Listen, we are discussing about this, but to affirm it more, to get it firmly established in your heart, you have an inheritance. Stop running up and down. Stop following the world. Leave them alone. You see the church bringing the world for launching to build for God. Is that no wickedness? Is it no wickedness? And pastor is smiling. Ha! Big man has come. They will carry list and be calling the name of unbelievers and be giving them seats in front. What a disgrace. What a shame. 
which mouth can we use to tell them that our God is enough? Before I would get to start behaving like that, God would have killed me and turned me to heaven. <laughs> if I say, come over to heaven, <laughs> I will not join them. I will never. Under any circumstances, I am satisfied with Jesus alone. And I know you are satisfied with Christ alone. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 11. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 11, then 14 and 18. Are you there? In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Please, in him we obtain an inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. In whom, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. And that's why we are teaching you there is an inheritance in this Christ that you came to serve. It's not just to come. Get your own. You need to get your own. Get your own. Get your own. Don't just go and serve, serve, serve. He wants us to know that he's our father and a loving father. And there is an inheritance a father reserved for his children. He said a good father will reserve an inheritance for his children. children. So our father in heaven is a good father. He has reserved a great inheritance for us. And that's what we are studying now. I wish saying amen. You will not miss your own. Look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. Listen. All through many scriptures you will see God talking about inheritance that the people of God has in him. The inheritance. Look at verse 18 of that same scripture. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of this glory of his inheritance in the sense what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sense? There is so much inheritance that the saints of Christ ought to enjoy. So much inheritance. They are so big and so loaded. You'll be cheating yourself if you don't get your own. You'll be contented for useless, useless things. Why the estate that he has reserved for you is so big? Waiting for you to walk into it. Then others can come. You begin to feed them. You want to feed them. I saw this inheritance in Christ. I discovered my children and me can't finish it. We cannot. We can't. The estate is so large. I tell people, if you want to manhandle me, I say, be careful the way you handle me. Be very careful the way you handle me. Be careful the way you handle me. Because I know there is an estate. There is an estate and it's huge. By the time I get there, I'll become an envy. I'll become an envy of my generation. And by the time you get your own, you become an envy. Listen, God never wanted me and you to be sharing my own. Eh -eh. He gives you your own. He gives you your own. And the world will fear all of us. They fear all of us. Do you understand what I'm saying? He never created him to depend on me. Eh -eh. It's not how he created us. We are all children of God. The problem is when we have not settled down to get this inheritance. It's here. It's here for all of us. And I challenge you. Stop living like a beggar. 
Stop living like a slave. Begin to work bold as a child of God. Who knows there is an inheritance? You can imagine the children of the governor, the way they'll be working. But thank God, we belong to a family. We belong to a family. Colossians 1 verse 12. Colossians 1 12. We want to establish this very well. It's a giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us be to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We have been made partakers of the inheritance. So every day, what do we do? We give thanks to the Father. Almighty God. Are you understanding? We didn't labor for the inheritance, but we have the inheritance. We are partakers of the inheritance. We are partakers of the inheritance by reason of the gospel of Christ we had and believe in it. He said as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the children of God. Giving thanks. So every day, what do I do? I give thanks to my father. Because I have an inheritance. I am a son. I'm no more a bastard. I am no more a bastard. I'm a son in this family. I have an inheritance. Nobody will ask me, who are you? Uh -uh. They know me. They know I'm a member of this family. They know you. That you're a member of the family. You have the spirit of God in you. You are a child of God giving your life to Christ and you're struggling. You behave like a slave. You beg for everything. You will look for a job. January to December, you'll get one. And that's how many children of God are being. And then there's something that is happening in the village. Go there. You go there. Say, carry all the oil for that place. Carry handkerchief. Tie everywhere. Tie everywhere. There's nothing that your people did. The Bible said, the cause of the parents, it remains with the parents. The cause of the children, remember what? The children. So, if my father did anything, he's with him. It doesn't concern me. In Christ Jesus, there's a separation. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There's what? A separation. God separated us. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, there's nothing happening in your village that's following you. What is following you is you don't know that you have an inheritance in Christ. And you are not reaching out for it. Reach out for it. You get your own. Are we saying amen? Like ladies in the body of Christ, I say, if you're a lady, you are meant to marry. Did you hear me? You don't need to struggle. The problem is that go back to fellowship. Go back to communion. If you go back there, in fact, one day, if you just come, you know what God will say to you? He will call the name of your husband. Tell you the village where he is he's coming from. Tell you where he is now. And tell you where he will come and meet you. And you watch the way he said it is the way it will happen. I'm telling you. But because you don't know that, that's why you struggle. Our sister told us, before he married the husband, because of devotion, he said they were in the same school. And that morning, God called her and said, this is your husband. He said, hey, this man? He said, this man is your husband. And they were just going. They were going. 
He said, lo and behold, the man graduated and left the school. She went back to God. I said, but you say it's my husband. He had never come to me and he had graduated and left. God said, relax. He will come back for you. And one day, the graduated student that has left over years, return back. Please, if you are that lady, how will you feel? No, how will you feel? Would you say, Kai is God? Ah! That was how they married. That's how they married. What is holding you is that you have rejected God. What is holding you is that you don't know you have an inheritance in Christ. Let that be enough for you. I will say amen. First Peter 1 verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefined, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Listen, there is an inheritance in Christ. Know it. Live in the consciousness of it. Not only here, even there. So serving the Lord is gain or true. Gain or true. Here, there is an inheritance. There, there is an inheritance. I'm looking ahead. The day I'll go back to heaven. And Jesus will show me my gold house. You'll be walking on the street of gold. And you'll be beholding yourself there. I will say amen. Matthew 25, 23, then 34. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. That is an inheritance. God reserved it for all that will serve him faithfully. He said, Enter thou into this great inheritance, that the joy of the Lord. Look at verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God kept, listen, even as we are here serving him, he's still preparing a place for us. Both here and there. Both here and there. He didn't call you just to be serving him every day. So he lived in the consciousness of, oh, my children. Who has served me, I'll keep an inheritance for them. So every day, even as you serve him here on earth, you are expectant. I'll get here, I'll get there. I'll get here, I'll get here. That will make you, you will not be afraid of dying. Not that you will die now. At least you finish what you are here. But even if he calls you, you know you are going home to still take an inheritance. That's what Apostle Paul finished looking at. He said, ah, I'm in between two opinions. If I stay back here, it is for their good. If I go, it is for my good. Because if he goes, all these struggles will come to an end. All these struggles will come to an end. All the burdens of this world will finish. He will go and rest. You see there, there's rest. Big rest. Mighty rest. Anybody that made heaven, if you see the person as the person, when Lazarus died and went to heaven, if you tell Lazarus, come back, we'll build mansions for you. All the houses and cars, and he will tell you, Waka, take your cars and house. I am here. I'm not coming down here again. 
Are we saying amen? Please, are we saying amen? Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 17, then 8, verse 17 also. We'll finish. Romans 5, 17, then 8, 17. Are you in Romans 5, 17? For if by one man's offense, that reign by one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. They shall reign in life, not in death, in life. They shall reign in life through Christ Jesus. You shall reign through Christ. You shall not die a slave. You are to reign here on earth. You will reign here. Before you get there, I will say in a man, you will reign here. They will reign here, first of all. But God is teaching you how to reign. He's teaching us that. How we can reign. Go back to God in fellowship. Go to deep devotion. See God as your inheritance. See God as your inheritance. Keep God as your inheritance. Let nothing rob you of God. Let no man, let no woman, let no business, let no money, let nothing rob you of your inheritance. They will come to rob you of your inheritance. Refuse. Let no sin, no matter what they want to offer you, refuse. You saw people like Daniel. You saw people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed. They threatened them with their lives. They said, let's die. But you see this God. We'll keep him. We'll keep him. We'll keep our inheritance. We can't lose our inheritance for anything. We can't bargain. There's no bargaining about this. They are the people that God makes the envy of this world. God will make you one. I say God will make you one. Romans chapter 8 verse 17. Romans 8, 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heads with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So, we must understand this and understand it well. Every child of God is partaker of this inheritance. It is a glorious inheritance spoken of widely in scriptures. It is reserved not only in heaven for us, but also here on earth. Every partaker of it shall reign in life by Christ Jesus. Are you among them? Are you among them? If you are a child of God, you are among them. If you are a child of God, you are a monk. If you are a disciple of Christ, you are a monk. If you are a disciple of Christ, a child of God, you are among them. So enjoy the inheritance of your father. Be bold. Be confident. Be bold. Be confident. Don't let anything intimidate you. The only thing that can make a child of God start going down is sin. Won't sin cripple into your life, you see your confidence start going down. If the person still be confident, he's deceiving himself. Because the Bible says confident in an unfaithful man, in time of trouble, it's like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. So that's why if I see a sinner trying to make himself bold before me, I'll be laughing at him. I say you collapse. I'll tell you to your face. I say you collapse. You fall down like a house of cards. What is giving you confidence? A sinner like you? <laughs> I say no. You can't have confidence. You cannot. Your confidence is fake. It's fake. <laughs> so don't let any unbeliever make you afraid. It's only when you have committed sin. You can imagine when you go to give bribe. If you're giving bribe, if you want to talk, the person will say, get out of this place. 
but when you refuse to do what they are doing, you can't talk to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you didn't lie, I hear the sudden. You can speak boldly. You can talk to them and say, no, I would do it. Under the circumstances. Can we rise on our feet as we pray? Talk to God. Say, Lord Jesus, here I am. Help me, Lord. Can you say, Lord, here I am. Help me, help me, help me, help me. You have that inheritance here. There's another one in heaven waiting for you. So, in Christ Jesus, it's all about inheritance. It's all about inheritance. You will not lose your own. You will not lose your own. Thank you because you have answered. I commit every one of your children that are here today to your head. Lord, this wicked wind of defilement flying everywhere in this generation, it will not carry your children. In the name of Jesus Christ, keep your own to the end. In Jesus' mighty name, we I know you are blessed by the message you just received. We encourage you to join our Open Heaven meeting, connecting to God's help every first of the month, 5 p.m. Deep experience with Jesus every Saturday, 5 p.m. And our life transforming seminar for all in sport circles at Suzuki 23, C2C Plaza, Bucketty Road, Enugu, Nigeria. Visit our Facebook page, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry. Instagram at Savior T Sports, Twitter at Savior Total, WhatsApp number 090 Email Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry at gmail.com. You are blessed. Angel.